Welcome to the Islam and Liberty Podcast. This episode, we have a recording of our 7th International Islam and Liberty Conference, the Islamic case for religious freedom held in Jakarta. Today, we have Muhammad Faisal bin Abdul Aziz. Faisal Aziz, as he is more commonly known, is President of Muslim Youth Movement Malaysia, ABIM, and Deputy Chairperson of the Coalition for Clean and Fair Elections, Perse. He is a lawyer by profession and previously served as the head of litigation department focusing on public interest litigation and criminal defenses. He is a columnist for Malaysia Kini Portal and is active on Twitter with the username at Faisal Aziz Fa. He is part of a panel, Blasphemy Law, Issues and Challenges, chaired by Ifrai Engineer. His paper highlights the need for authorities to consider applying the doctrine of proportionality in order to ensure the preservation of the elements of justice, reasonableness, and equality when imposing punishments. Further, the paper outlines the need for the National Harmony Bill as an amicable solution. Thank you, Mr. Irfan, Professor Zainal Abdi Bagir, Prof. Hashim Kamali, Prof. Azam, my respected teachers, and Dr. Timothy, Dr. Ali Salman, and all members of the floor from CSO's academicians. First of all, uh, as far as the issue of blasphemy laws in Malaysia is concerned, it is well regulated under the Malaysian hate speech laws, or in other words, we don't have certain kind of the exact name of blasphemy laws but regulated under this kind of uh, several hate speech laws. In fact, for example, uh, when we deal with the issue of persecution of the cases, for example, imposing the rights, the fundamental liberties of the citizens, the most famous laws used by the government, uh, of course, is Sedition Act 1948, where the Sedition Act 1948, it was passed by the British colonial those times to suppress the so-called the nationalist group of people who fight for independence. But unfortunately, this kind of sedition act is still being used by the authorities to limit or to curb certain rights of the people when it comes to uh, freedom of speech or freedom of expression. And uh, other than that, we also have the section 298A of the Penal Code and 233 of Communication and Multimedia Act. A part of that, we also have uh, our own Sharia enactments headed by or under the rule of each state of Malaysia. We have, we are, Malaysia is a federation in nature. We have certain autonomy in terms of certain laws, especially when it comes to Islam, where uh, we have 14 states, nine of them are ruled by our own Sultan, our Malay rulers. So uh, basically, there is no so-called uniformity in terms of this kind of laws in terms of application since it depends on the jurisdiction of the state itself under the rule of the Sultan. So having quoted that, having quoted that I think it is important as well to, uh, to relate the topic of the discussion on the blasphemy law or Malaysian hate speech laws with this current of the new so-called right-wing populism uh, that across around the world. Where now, in fact, in Malaysia, uh, since, as I said just now, our own Sharia enactments under the rule of the Malay rulers, so, of course, it can trigger the, the racial sentiments or the right-wing sentiments if we touch a bit on this kind of laws, especially when it comes to action taken by the authorities of each state in certain uh, occasions. So, 
uh, in fact as perhaps we have known already in Malaysia we have this kind of uh, the far right headed by the opposition coalition the so-called Islamic party and also the nationalists but unfortunately I could say their voices and their aspirations perhaps always be highlighted by the media and in certain occasions the government action or the authorities seem to give in to the certain demands of this kind of the right-wing group of people in Malaysia and we can see for example in certain cases several cases particularly in this kind of issue of hate speech where yes of course there were certain cases where people use the social media to insult religion and you know the authorities I could say driven by these sentiments of right wing all the way brought all their actions to the uh, to the court for example and uh, we have the debate when certain court of Malaysia impose a heavy punishment for example imprisonment and so on which seem to be disproportionate but unfortunately our Malaysian politician or organization seem to give in to what uh, was imposed by the judge or by the authorities because of this kind of sentiment. So it is important to relate the application of this kind of blasphemy law or uh, hate speech laws with this kind of sentiments, so-called driven by this coalition of the opposition party to gain the populism, especially. And having said so, I think it is paramount to ensure we need to have something, for example, in terms of the doctrine of proportionality when it comes to implementing the Sharia enactments and of course the rest of the Malaysian hate speech laws. And of course, as far as this issue of proportionality is concerned, I could say that perhaps it is maybe limited only to be applied in our administrative law. Because uh, if I may quote the case of Sivarasa Rasya, the judge, the former federal court judge, uh, Gopasri Ram, used to adopt this kind of principle of proportionality when it comes to the power of the government to restrict or to curb the rights of the people. And in fact, it was the cases of administrative law, but it should be interpreted to the extent of implementing or to the extent of how to interpret the Sharia enactments when it comes to hate speech laws and so on. And uh, other than that, we were glad to have a discussion with our friend from Tunisia, Honorable ML Anzus, where, yes, uh, when she uh, shared about the Article 49 of the Tunisian Constitution, when uh, after reading through all the provision, it is kind of an impressive provision where it stipulated or it served the purpose of proportionality and it served the guideline for the authorities in order to curb or limit or restrict the fundamental rights or liberties you have to deal with certain kind of principles in the constitution itself so by having the guideline balance up between the objective of the law and also the implementation so it is paramount important to be in our Malaysian constitution as well and other than that i could share as well the problem of Malaysian hate speech law as well we don't have the provision of counseling process or counseling session where some of the offenders could be said as a first time offenders but though they are first time offenders of using this kind of hate speech but still being punished in a heavy manner but without giving so-called space for them to do or to undergo this kind of counseling session and furthermore on the issue of sedition act the most controversial issue 
we can see the lacuna in this kind of sedition act 1948 especially in terms of ambiguity in terms of the definition even though the law stipulated the definition but still authorities they themselves so called vehemently contradict each other when it comes to implementation of this sedition act for example in certain cases in 2015 where the then uh, minister of home affairs uh, have a different opinion with the IGP when it comes to the certain remarks by the Malaysian authority by the Malaysian on whether it is kind of seditious or not so by having this kind of ambiguity it makes people fear and it makes people really curious what should not do in order to save them from being prosecuted and last but not least i could share as well uh, we from the cso we forward together with the eugene we actually trying to have this kind of national harmony and reconciliation commission bill where this i could say as part of the solution so if there is anything happen with regards to any hate speech or whatever it must be regulated under this kind of tribunal uh, elected by authorities uh, who have credentials and of course encompasses of uh, general public so at least it will serve the justice and also the proportionality doctrine and also the essence of equal treatment to all so pray for us to have this kind of national harmony and reconciliation bill thank you very much my question would be are law against hate speech are more justifiable than law against blasphemy because we know that the hate speech law protect individual while the blasphemy law protect religion so the question will be uh, why is it important to bring religious reasoning in protecting uh, this in in blasphemy law thank you um, my question is for uh, Faisal Abdul Aziz. Um, you mentioned about uh, the solution for a national harmony bill. And um, in my experience working with the civil sector here in Indonesia, oftentimes the concept of national harmony comes at the expense of uh, minority groups' uh, fulfillment of human rights. So how would you ensure that if uh, a kind of a national harmony bill would ever come into existence in Malaysia, that the fulfillment of human rights and freedom of religion of minority groups would not be criminalized as, say, hate speech or blasphemy. Thank you. First, on this issue of justification of the laws. Actually, uh, theoretically speaking, Malaysia, we are subscribing the uh, principle of offense when it comes to law uh, brought by uh, Jeremy Waldron, where you know we have set of rules uh, stipulated in the first place. For example, if you want to have assembly, for example, so we have set of rules come in the first place. Uh, so you have to uh, bear in mind in terms of rules. If you if you go beyond, then action will will be taken against you. This kind of principle of offense brought by Jeremy Waldron, and we still theoretically Malaysia subscribing that, that kind of that kind of idea, and that really so called justify the laws uh, when we take action as compared to principle of harm. Uh, I think working when uh, you know you can just give uh, whatever you want to do. But unless if as as a consequences, if there is harm, then action only will be taken against you. Pak Faisal, I read in the media online, yeah, yesterday, I mean last two days, uh, Jabatan Hal Ehwal Agama Islam Negeri Sembilan, I don't know what, what kind of uh, bodies, 
maybe uh, like the Department Agama, Minister of Religions in Indonesia, catch out 30 books and catch out uh, for for gentlemen uh, suspect is uh, followers of Abra Milah Abraham. So my basic question is: uh, This in, Mal in Malaysia is uh, able said that uh, one of uh, body of governments, not police. Uh, with regards to the authorities from the ICN English Milan, yes, actually, legally speaking, uh, they have rights because, uh, as I said earlier, uh, Malaysia is a federation, so in terms of Sharia enforcement, we have our own enactments, enactments where, for example, when deal with this issue, uh, for example, in state English Milan, they have Sharia criminal offences enactment, for example, giving rights to Sharia enforcement authority to take action, stipulated under that kind of enactments. And thirdly, on the issue of national harmony bill, I think, yes, of course, uh, frankly speaking, it's, it is kind of a daunting task as well, because now government preoccupied with many things to do, to tackle, hope uh, with this kind of mission to be given priority by the government. And just that, pray for us uh, to materialize this matter and of course, to serve the purpose of this council to serve justice and equal treatment to all. Thank you. And that's all we have for this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a like or a comment wherever you like. It would really help us out. And if you want to explore more on the Muslim case for freedom, visit islamandlibertynetwork.org. You can also support us through a donation button on the site. Thank you for listening to this podcast.